This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. Good morning. Thank you for joining us at Emmanuel this morning on this holiday weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Son of God came to earth, became one of us, lived our life, and then sacrificed his life for us. Jesus died on the cross in order that all the sins of all the men of all time might be forgiven. But not all will be. Because first you must receive another gift of God, the gift of faith in him, and the understanding that Christ lived and died and lives again for you. But he does. And so it is my pleasure to announce to you that your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our epistle lesson this morning, assigned for the seventh Sunday of Easter, is from the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my just decrees. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, 
and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle lesson comes from 1 Peter. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel assigned for this day comes from the end of John's 15th chapter and the beginning of his 16th. Jesus said, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is an offering of service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father, nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We gather today between two important celebratory days. Ascension Day was last Thursday, and Memorial Day is tomorrow. Now, there may not be in your mind a great deal of connection between the two, but there is something that has happened to both days that I want to point out to you, and that uh, makes them both something to be considered, And always, both days are something to be remembered. You might also be reminded yet again that in a previous life, I was a history teacher. I want to share with you a little bit of the history of Memorial Day. In 1863, the height of the Civil War in the United States, the South for the second time, staged an invasion of the North. And they were met in the little Pennsylvania town of Gettysburg. And for three days, July 1, 2, and 3 in 1863, the two armies met in battle. And it was a terrible battle, and it was a costly battle. 
By the time those three days were over, combined, the two armies suffered 50,000 casualties. But the invasion was stopped. And General Lee had to take his Confederate army and retreat back to the south. The next day, the 4th of July in 1863, but a thousand miles away, the Confederate stronghold at Vicksburg, Mississippi, which controlled the Mississippi River, fell to General Ulysses Grant. And so the South was cut in two. Essentially, on that day, on that series of four days, the military question of the Civil War was answered. But recalcitrant as we can be, the war itself continued for almost another year and a half. But four and a half months after the Battle of Gettysburg, President Abraham Lincoln and a couple of hundred people gathered on that battleground in order to dedicate the new National Cemetery to be placed there. And underneath it all was, was basically the thought, lest we forget what these men did here, lest we forget what the battle was about, lest we forget what the victory gives us, we need to remember. And in his words, which Lincoln reportedly just had scribbled on some paper as he rode the train from Washington, D.C. to Gettysburg, there includes this very famous sentence. Lincoln wrote and spoke. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but they can never forget what they did here. Lest we forget, it is important to honor the fallen. Now, a few weeks later, a retired general of the Union Army wrote an editorial in an East Coast newspaper, and he said, we as a nation need to set aside a day when we honor the fallen, and he suggested we all should make it our duty to put flowers on the graves of the Civil War dead. And they did. And communities all over the country began to organize remembrance days. They called them memorial days. And if you've ever spent any time looking at Norman Rockwell painting, I'm sure he's done something of one of the parades that are often part of these days or the picnics, or the people gathered to hear speeches. But the nation remembered, and while there was nothing organized and nothing official about it, communities kept these things going for more than 100 years. I was surprised in researching this week that Memorial Day wasn't a national holiday until 1971. And at that point people finally realize, well, everybody's doing it anyway, and we ought to do it. We ought to remember. But not just the Civil War dead. Because in 1971, an awful lot of wars had occurred, and a lot of Americans, men and women of all armed services, had fallen, and we need to remember them all. What was the purpose of 
the first Memorial Day and all those, including tomorrow, that have followed, to remember the price that our nation has paid to be who we are. And to remember the price that families have paid so that this nation can be who it is. But I must admit, in the last few years, I have been a little worried about Memorial Day. And last year was maybe the worst year because I listened for Memorial Day messages as we led up to Memorial Day in 2021. And what I heard about was, well, Memorial Day is the unofficial start of summer for Americans. And I heard advice that you better get the RV ready for that family trip. You better get that boat in the water. You better get the barbecue tuned up because you want everybody coming over to your house that day. And none of those things are wrong. They're wonderful things. Lest we forget, however, there is a reason for Memorial Day. But this Memorial Day, and I say this on the basis of my last 48 hours of paying attention, I'm a whole lot less worried than I was. Because all of a sudden this year, I hope you've discovered the same thing. There is, seems to be a concerted effort to bring us back to understand Memorial Day for what it exists to be. A time to honor our fallen who've died in service to this country and whose sacrifice should always be re reflected, revered, and remembered. And I must admit, it includes a moment of real embarrassment for me. By a show of hands, how many of you will know what I'm talking about if I say the words, Poppy Wall? There are some. I was completely unaware. The Poppy Wall is a public display. Apparently for a number of years now, maybe it goes five years back in the past, which makes me even more embarrassed for not knowing about it. But it's a 130-foot wall, eight foot tall, and as the viewer looks at it, it's plexiglass. And what's behind the plexiglass? Red poppy flowers. Now, red poppies have become a symbol of death, especially death of those who died in battle, ever since a British soldier wrote the poem on the field of Flanders, after he went back to a place where he had served and remembered the horrendous slaughter that he had witnessed there. Well, in the poppy wall in America today, there are 465,000 red poppies in this 130-foot display. That is the number of men and women who have died in service to this country since World War I. Now, I think they ought to add a few more panels and go back a few more years to 1863 and add some more. But the thought is there. The poppy wall is a wonderful image of a nation memorializing those who have served and sacrificed, made the ultimate sacrifice so that this nation can be what it is. Well, I hope, I pray, because from my humble opinion, right now this nation isn't everything it hopes to be. 
But maybe this is a start of America remembering what's really important to it. Lest we forget who we are and who died to help us be that way. Now that's the big history lesson in this sermon. I need to talk about Ascension Day. This is church after all. Let me read you St. Luke's account of Ascension Day. It's found at the very beginning of his second volume that he wrote in Scripture, The Acts of the Apostles. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, the disciples asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That's the event. Now, being a good biblical scholar, you want to look around for other mentions of this event and other considerations of what was meant by all of this in the rest of Scripture. Good luck. Matthew has nothing to say about ascension. doesn't mention it. St. Mark has one verse. Luke mentions it in a single verse and places it at Bethany. Until Luke writes more in the beginning of Acts, all he said was Jesus was taken up into heaven as they were gathered at Bethany, just outside the gates of Jerusalem. And John, the last of the Gospels to be written, he and Matthew are in a flat-footed tie, zero mention of the Ascension. So there's almost nothing in Scripture about those 40 days. And it seems to me they may have been the most wonderful, glorious days in the history of the world. Because Jesus has completed his mission. When he said on the cross, it is finished, he really meant it. It was finished when he arose 
on Easter Sunday. His work was done. He had lived the life that you and I live. He had met every milestone of life that you and I have met. Conception, birth, growth, work. But he then faced betrayal, passion, death on a cross. But then he rose again. Why? Because he had lived the life that God wanted all of us to live, but none of us have, none of us could. But in living that life and sacrificing that life, Jesus paid the sinful debt that God's justice said is required of sin. Sin must be punished because God made a perfect world and we ruined it. And God's justice was met, was satisfied, but not by us. Not by the people who deserve it. We said as much as our, in our confession this morning. But by his son, who lived life the way life was supposed to be lived, and then gave that life in payment for all sins of all men of all time. You can access, you can have, you can possess this forgiveness if you believe. And how can you believe? That too is a gift. There is nothing about your guarantee of heaven that is your doing. And that should be wonderful news because, I don't know about you, I can change my mind. I can do things that I never thought I, should, I would or could or should do, but I do them anyway. But I am a child of God by God's calling. My sins are forgiven by God's payment. The sacrifice was not my sacrifice, which I deserve to make, but his. And now that forgiveness is mine. What about those 40 days between Easter and last Thursday, Ascension Day? Those of you who have ever taught school recognize that sometimes the first time through the material you want your class to learn, they just don't get it. And as you prepare maybe for the test, it's important that you review the material, that you say to them yet again, no, I really meant it. This is important. Study this. Learn this. Internalize this. I think that's what happened in those 40 days. And I'm allowed to have my opinion because Scripture doesn't talk about it at all. So I don't have to... I don't, I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. But I believe that in these 40 days, what Jesus did was taught them what he had already taught them. But he just said it again. And now, they'd watched him die. They watched him alive again. They watched him appear where he couldn't possibly be if he were a normal human being. But he's there with them. They had watched him do all these things for 40 days. And he is telling them, here is what I came to accomplish. Believe me, the mission is properly finished. I want you to have it. Let me teach you again. And then he reassured them, just as I'm trying to reassure you. The forgiveness of sins is not just nice words that we say in church. It's a fact. It's been bought. It's been paid for. Not by you, because you never could have done that. But by him. And then... Also in these 40 days, Jesus clarified his direction for the future. Here's what you people are going to do as my church. 
here's what you're going to face. And that's not all good news, but you might as well know what's coming. And then he certified for them in these 40 days the gifts he had already given. The gift of the Holy Spirit. By whom we can believe. And through whom we do believe. He talked to them of heaven. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going back. My earthly time is done. I am ascending back into the heavens where I will be where I ought to be. Until you join me there. When you die in faith. We need to understand. I think Ascension Day, like Memorial Day, is a day that is based on memory and must be remembered. Otherwise, we forget. What did Jesus say about the disciples to come back for an extra 40 days? Essentially, you guys are dumb. You don't get it. I'll do it again because I love you. And he did. And they got it. Because when you get that picture of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, you begin to realize he set them an enormous task. They could never have done it without his help. But he said, the Holy Spirit is coming to you. And that help is coming. The Holy Spirit is celebrated on Pentecost Day. That is Jesus keeping of his promise. And then he said, and don't forget, I'll be back. I'll be back. (laughs) He's coming back on Judgment Day. And you and I have already been judged. Because when God looks at us now, based on the faith that God placed in us, he sees not the sinner that we are, the sinner that we confess to be. Not the one who sins by thought, word, deed, what we do, what we don't do, who doesn't love our neighbors as ourselves, doesn't love God properly. He doesn't see that. He sees his perfect son in us, having paid the price for us so that we can look forward to that day when we join him in heaven. Sometimes I think we fall a little short of getting the whole message. I just saw it when I was in here yesterday getting ready. The pyramids on the altar. Beautiful. Over there on your left. The manger. Topped by Cairo. The Greek letters which are the first letters of Christ's name. Christ in a manger. God coming to be with us. And then on the right. And I'm kind of interpreting this. The cross where Christ died in payment for our guilt. And then the open tomb, I have to believe that's what that pyramid thing is about. The open tomb. But that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is when Jesus, in great love, came back for another 40 days and said, I need you to understand this completely so that you might have my grace fulfilled in you completely. So that you can share that grace with the rest of the world Completely, so that all men who come to a knowledge of the truth might be saved. He has come to us with the truth. And we are saved. And we must remember, including Ascension Day, lest we forget. Amen. We confess our faith. 
Not a prayer, but a statement to the rest of the world that we are those people who have received those gifts that God gave. And we do that in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And together, we pray, as our Savior taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor. And may he give you his peace. Amen.